Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown on this Friday. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Jason Kidd might be heading to Dallas. Bill Plasky thinks that we should be rooting for the Lakers. And Spencer Dinwiddie might have interest in going home or using the Lakers for leverage, one or the other. We start with the biggest news across the NBA right now. And I say right now because it feels like we get the biggest news like every 15 minutes. But as I'm recording this right now, 8.15 my time out here in Texas, the Dallas Mavericks have hired or, or appear on their way to hire Jason Kidd away from the Lakers. Uh, they are also getting ready to potentially hire Nico Harrison, longtime Nike executive, to round out their front office and head into the post-Rick Carlisle era. Uh, Carlisle is on his way to Indiana on a four-year, $29 million contract. Vox, get at me. For the Lakers, well, <laughs> I'm, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say, or if I said I wasn't thrilled. I was never really particularly fan of Jason Kidd on or off the court. Didn't think he did a very good job in Milwaukee uh, coaching Giannis. We'll see if he's learned anything uh, as he heads to Dallas and, to work with Luka Doncic and, and whether he's progressed as, a, as an offensive tactician. <laughs> Based on what we've seen from the Lakers over the last couple of years, I would say that if it was Jason Kidd kind of sort of in, in, in charge of the offense, then he left a lot to be desired. And I hope that the Lakers bring in somebody, some type of offensive mind, not offensive mind, and <laughs> as it was with Jason Kidd, but an offensive mind to bring something of a of a system, so that when LeBron James exit the ex, exits the game, they don't fall to bits. And yes, whoever comes in is going to have to run the LeBron offense. That's going to be the case. But the Lakers could really use somebody in there as LeBron slows down one, and and just more importantly probably, just somebody to offer some structure to that second unit so that the Lakers' offense just doesn't fall into quicksand mixed with cold molasses, mixed with the thickest clay that you've ever seen as soon as LeBron exits the game. It will be interesting to see if the Lakers replace Kidd at all. It It is not exactly a, a tough secret to find that the Lakers not being able to bring fans into the arena really impacted them financially. The Lakers might feel comfortable as far as the, the coaching staff that they have and introducing somebody to that mix, especially somebody who would be coming in and implementing an offensive system uh, that might ruffle some feathers or, or might rock the boat a little more than the Lakers might be looking for. They also might just promote from within. And they have Kobe Carl, who has been in charge of uh, the South Bay Lakers, and I'm sure would like to grow within the organization or start looking elsewhere to grow. So that might be something that they do. But if they do bring somebody in, Terry Stotts is out there. Uh, Steve Clifford is still out there. There are some names of former coaches who do have reputations as some, you know, just just anybody who can offer some kind of system or get players ready on a consistent basis to be in the right spots and, and be more prepared for open shots and maybe be a little bit more consistent in that regard. 
whether they go in that route or not is is obviously going to be a big deciding factor on their offseason. But if they do bring somebody in like that, it needs to be paired with the proper shooting to actually utilize modern NBA spacing from those systems. Spencer Dinwiddie is interested in the Lakers, and while he doesn't offer the kind of spacing that I just discussed in the last couple segments, uh, he is somebody who could help with the creativity when LeBron goes to the bench. I think it would be kind of a mistake to use their uh, mid-level exception on Dinwiddie just because of his spacing questions. He's never shot 40% from the field. The closest he's ever gotten was 38%-ish, and that was only on a couple attempts per game. As soon as the volume went up, his percentage went way down. So I, I personally would prefer that they find somebody who shoots a little bit better, but I would also understand it. He is a great talent. He is somebody who uh, was an up-and-comer before he tore his ACL, and and not an up-and-comer in terms of uh, he's 28 years old. He's not going to get much better. But just in terms of, of of gaining spotlight, right? He was somebody who was really taking strides in that re- in that regard and unfortunately got hurt. And if, if the Lakers think that LeBron uh, needs somebody to help carry the burden a little bit more creatively and they are reluctant to pay Dennis Schroeder the $100 million that he uh, was reportedly looking for, then Dinwiddie might make a little bit of sense there as a bigger guard and as somebody who can kind of run the second units. Uh, He is used to coming off of the bench. That is something that he's accustomed to doing. That might allow Alex Caruso to start, and that might make the second units make a little bit more sense but uh, he's also, like, according to a source, he either wants the bag or he wants to go home. And, his, and, and according to that source uh, via Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News, this, uh, he would prefer if he does go home to play for the Lakers. So maybe the Lakers offer him that mid-level and maybe he opts to take that one-year deal or maybe a one-plus-one and show everybody that he's healthy again and, and can be productive Maybe that is something, a, a, a pairing that makes sense for both sides, but it also potentially could be one of those situations where he's using the Lakers as leverage to secure said bag. Bill Plaschke joins Ty Lue in on, on team. Hey, Lakers fans, please root for your rival. <laughs> and this one, this one is an interesting one to me. It is interesting in this regard. It lacks any and all understanding of the way fans' brains work. It isn't just because the Clippers share the building, let alone the same city, but they share the building with the Lakers. Guess what they do every time that they have a home game? They cover up the Lakers' banners. They, they, they cover them with the, the pictures up there, and it's their call. They can do it all they want. And I'm, I think it's stupid. I think it's kind of disrespectful to the accomplishments especially of the players uh who have their numbers up there but whatever but you know why the clippers do that it's because these fan bases hate each other it's little brother big brother they don't like each other and it's not like that just turns off because they happen to be playing a team from arizona i don't i'm not particularly fond of the phoenix suns either but i'm not i don't like the clippers i'm a ucla fan i hate usc 
Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter if USC is playing Oklahoma or Miami or whatever. I'm rooting for those other teams. Against Notre Dame, it gets kind of iffy there. I don't really know who I would prefer to see those games. But still, as a UCLA fan, I'm almost never, ever rooting for the USC Trojans. So this idea that, hey, we should all harmonize and be one with the city and all these things, get the bleep out of here, man. I'm not, I don't like those teams. I don't, li- I don't like the Clippers. I don't like the Kings. I don't like the Warriors. I, <laughs> it, any other team that comes to California, I'm not going to root for inherently because they are, are from California. It depends on their opponent. And if I like the opponent more than I like whatever team it is that is, that is playing or, or representing California, I'm going to root for the team that I like more here. And, and just in general, like this is, this has become this really stupid thing that's, that's arrived in sports where we tell fans how to fan, don't boo certain players. Don't, don't, you got to root for, for the crosstown rival. You, you got to be super nice when you, when you talk about a player who, who isn't, no, get out of here. If a fan, as long as it's respectful, right? As long, as long as, as long as it doesn't cross the line into the foul, right? The racism that you see, you've seen players spit on, water bottles thrown at players, whatever. So long as it doesn't cross that line, just get get out of fans' heads. Let fans get out there, go to a game, support a team however they want, and 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 focus on your job. Bill Plasky, do your job. This is telling Lakers fans who to root root for isn't your job. All right, before we send you out of here, we do have a couple things to keep an eye out for. Harrison and I did have a a show that is already on the feed that you were listening to this on uh, where we discussed Jason Kidd, we discussed Spencer Dinwiddie, we discussed uh, the fandom stuff. We had a lot more fun and dove deeper into those subjects, so you, you'll you enjoy that. Um, and then on the website, on silverscreenandroll.com, um, our own Cooper Halpern, wrote about LeBron after his injury and the way that that debilitated him even after he tried to say he was healthy. So check out all of that stuff. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you guys again on Monday.